0: welcome to What Do Scientists Do? It's a show where I talk to a different guest each episode, and they teach us all about their favorite science topics. Today, I'm joined by our very special guest. Could you give us your name and your pronouns, please?
1: Yeah! Hi, my name is Mab. My pronouns are she, they, and I'm the special guest for
0: today! That's so exciting! So, full disclaimer, Mab and I are also friends in real life, um, so this is especially exciting for me, and this is going to be very fun. Um, so, Mab, what kind of scientist are you? I am a mushroom scientist. So what's the fancy science word for mushroom scientist? Mycologist. Mycologist. Like, M-Y-C, right? Not like M-I-K-E, not like a person named Mike. I wish, no. myco Cool. So mycologist. So mycologists are people who study mushrooms, right? What have you studied about mushrooms before? Why bother studying them? So
1: the big word for what I've done with mushrooms is called bioremediation. And that's just a really big word that pretty much just means cleaning things up in the environment using what we already have, like plants and fungus.
0: Yeah. Do you have any examples of bioremediation that people might know about? Or is it mostly something experimental and new?
1: No, everybody pretty much does bioremediation every day. If you have a compost bin at home, that's 100% bioremediation. So instead of being a big-scale science experiment, composting is bioremediation using fungus and bacteria and viruses in your compost bin, and then they eat up all the compost and turn it into dirt. So it's uh, turning our waste into usable things like soil.
0: So when I open my compost bin and it's all stinky and gross and there's weird fuzzy stuff on it, that's a good thing for the environment.
1: It's kind of gross, but it's so good. And uh, your plants would love it if you want to get down and dirty with your compost. Take that soil out, give it to your house plants and they'll be so happy.
0: Mmm! That's what worms help out with, right? If you put worms in a fancy compost, they'll help it?
1: Yeah, so that's vermiculture, which is so cool. So earthworms do this if you go um, after a big rain, if you walk along the sidewalk, you'll see all these worms, uh, happy little guys, they're super important decomposers, just like fungi. Cool! So you have studied fungi
0: specifically,
1: what was your research about? So I did my honors thesis looking at the bioremediation of uh, food wastes. So garbage that's produced when we're making food. And I used a combination of algae, which are like microscopic tiny plants that live in the ocean and fungi to eat the garbage that we produce. And instead, uh, hopefully make some fungus and mushrooms that we could eat for dinner.
0: Cool. So I have an important question for you. What is your favorite type of fungus?
1: That's a really tricky question. I've got two favorites, but my top favorite is the oyster mushroom or the king oyster, the Pleurotus. It's kind of a branching species, like family or genus. Um, of mushrooms, and they're super cool, especially especially in bioremediation, because they're known for eating pretty much anything. So there have been studies that have found that they can eat plastics, they can eat baby diapers and cigarette butts, um, and people are researching them right now to be able to eat oil. So this would be really cool if there are oil spills in the ocean, we can maybe just chuck in some mushrooms and uh, they can eat up the oil, which
0: is really, really hard to break down. So they're my favorite. That's so cool. I didn't know that about oyster mushrooms by the way. Um, So oyster mushrooms, you mentioned the word genus. Are there like multiple specific types of oyster mushrooms?
1: There are so many different types of oyster mushrooms. (laughs) I couldn't get into them all right now. There's some really pretty pink ones that you might actually be able to see at the farmer's market. Uh, They're also edible, so the next time you go to the grocery store, if you go to the mushroom section, you'll see all the little button mushrooms, and maybe they'll have some bigger oyster mushrooms, uh, and you'll be able to see them. So it's cool that we can use mushrooms to both clean up the environment and uh, eat.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, actually. Is this mostly experimental right now, or are there people who have actually used mushrooms to clean up things, like oil?
1: So it's a little bit experimental right now. There is one researcher who's kind of really, really big in the mushroom field, and he's doing a lot of research. His name is Paul Stamets. Uh, He's actually put a couple different. They're called mush booms. Mush booms. Mush booms. That's the scientific
0: name (laughs) for them.
1: What he calls them. They're these giant logs uh, of like sawdust and other stuff like that that the mushroom spores grow in because the mushrooms that you see in the soil are just the reproductive organ of the actual mushroom. So they use it to pretty much create seeds. And so when you actually see a mushroom out in the dirt, that's just one part of the mushroom. And most of the mushroom actually lives in the soil. So the mush boom is this huge log full of sawdust and other good stuff. And this microscopic tiny mushroom kind of grows all in it. And then they throw it into the ocean. And then uh, it's pretty much been trained. So this specific mushroom Oyster mushroom has been trained to be able to eat the oil because it needs to learn how to eat the oil. Uh, And he's been pretty successful in doing it. It's not implemented on a super huge scale yet because it's still pretty experimental, but it's in the works.
0: Yeah. So there's probably still much boom for improvement there. (laughs) But, you know, it's it's happening. That's like a really cool thing that would be good for the environment. Thank you for laughing at my joke. Paul's a pretty fun guy. Wow, that's. We've already exhausted every possible mushroom pun. They're in, in the spore first. taste. What, what was that one? Mushroom puns are in spore taste. We can move on. In spore taste. Um, I feel like we might. What is a
1: spore? Actually, that's a great question. A spore is like a tiny seed that mushrooms make to reproduce. So, like other animals, well, fungi aren't animals, but like plants and animals, fungi need to reproduce. And they do this uh, by creating spores. So when you see a mushroom, underneath the little mushroom cap is gills or something that looks kind of spongy. And that's where the mushroom holds all of their spores. And then when you touch the mushroom or an animal brushes the mushroom, the spores fall out and disperse onto the soil. And then they start to create new mushrooms. So they're just like tiny seeds that can grow new mushroom parts.
0: Cool. So see educational puns, which is what this show is all about. So you mentioned oyster mushrooms as one of your two favorite mushrooms or I guess one of your two favorite fungi, what is your other favorite?
1: My other favorite is the puffball mushroom which sounds super cute and they are, they're, they can get pretty huge. I found one that was about the size of a soccer ball once in Ontario. They're pure white, they look kind of spongy, they don't look like your traditional mushroom when you're out in the forest. But if you find them at the right time, they're actually edible. And I guess do you, you should put in a disclaimer, please don't eat mushrooms. Please don't eat mushrooms. <laughs> don't eat mushrooms that you find. Um, but this mushroom, if you were to eat it, but you shouldn't, do not eat mushrooms, is actually edible. And it's really cool because they're super common and there's just like a food source out and about. Uh, that being said, if you catch them too late, uh, they get all black and disgusting on the inside. So if you stomp it, it poofs up in a giant black uh smoky cloud yum but also
0: yuck big yuck big yum (laughs) they're so cool they're very cool but yes don't eat mushrooms unless maybe you're out and about with a mushroom expert who can tell you exactly what the right time of the year is to eat a puffball mushroom Otherwise, please don't eat mushrooms, because some of them are pretty poisonous, right?
1: Yeah, so the Amanita muscaria, I'm blanking on the common name for it right now. Um, It's, like, if you Google toadstool, or if you know what a toadstool is, if you can imagine a little fairy sitting on a little red toadstool, that's what the mushroom is. So it's super poisonous. We have them here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, The whole family and genus of amanitas they aren't all necessarily poisonous but this one specifically is
0: or do they look like toad from mario kart (sighs) they do in fact look like toad from mario kart i'm surprised that's not one of your favorite mushrooms then honestly me
1: too if there was a toadette mushroom i think that would be my favorite i like the pink and that's why i like the pink oyster
0: mushrooms too i see can we get your toad impression real quick Welcome to what do scientists do, where we do toad impressions. I can um, do a Mario impression. Okay, let's do Mario. Mario. I think the toad <laughs> was a little <laughs> bit better. Um, but maybe I'll add the toadette noise effect or toad noise effect or whatever. I don't know. Does toadette have a noise in Mario? Toadette part? does. She's
1: got like a high pitch, pe- high pitch like
0: woohoo. No, that was a little more peachy. Anyways, maybe I'll add the impression to the series of random noises in the intro music of this show. Amazing. Um, So anyways, toadstools, very poisonous. If it looks like Toad from Mario Kart, really don't eat it. Don't eat any mushroom, but especially don't eat that one. Um, So back to the science part um, of this show... I guess, how did you end up studying mushrooms? Because I feel like most people, if they're thinking about, you know, the types of scientists there are, scientists that work in labs, scientists that work outside, lots of people might be interested in plants or animals or medicine. So, but how did you end up in mushrooms specifically? So I ended up in mushrooms the most, not the
1: most roundabout way, but a pretty roundabout way. I just finished my degree in marine biology and environmental science, and I finished my research in an oceanography lab, and none of this quite is fungus-related. I ended up working with fungus because I was working with algae, again, those tiny microscopic uh, plants that live in the ocean and in fresh water and in lakes and stuff, and I was working with bioremediating with uh, algae, and mushrooms have kind of been this, like, hot topic that have been floating around a lot lately, especially with the mush boom and the plastics. And so we decided to investigate using mushrooms with the algae and trying to grow mushrooms in salt water as well. And so I kind of came about at this very roundabout way of growing lots and lots of fungus in tiny plates, in tiny fridges, and
0: watching them grow. Cool. I have... A question for you. Are all fungi mushrooms? That is an amazing question! Are those like synonyms for the same word or are they, is one a category of the other? So when you think of mushroom, you
1: think of the charismatic, again, toadstool. So fungi aren't all mushrooms. Mushroom is again the structure that they grow when they want to reproduce So fungi is a kingdom, like animals, plants, and fungi. They're actually, fungi are more closely related to animals than they are to plants, which is kind of freaky to think about. So a lot of fungi don't actually have a fruiting body. So the fruiting body is the scientific word for mushroom. Fungi instead uh, are tiny microscopic, they can be single cells or they can grow in long, long chains called mycelium. That's another big science word, mycelium. And they're fungi, but they don't necessarily actually produce the mushroom. So a great example of this is yeast. So you might have yeast in your house, use it to make bread, use it to make pizza. It smells kind of nice. And uh, that's a fungus. Or mold. Uh, Mold is also a fungus. So if your bread goes bad and it's got green stuff all over it,
0: it's a happy little fungus. Well, I guess that's most of the stuff that would be doing the bioremediation in your organic spin, right? It's not growing nice little mushrooms that you can, like, chop off. It's just weird, fuzzy, sometimes colorful stuff.
1: Yeah, it's just lots of goo. Green goo, white goo. Kind of pretty in its own way.
0: (laughs) Pretty (laughs) if you're a scientist that studies it. Pretty if you're looking to be inspired by fungi on a particular day, I'm sure. How do you grow mushrooms in a lab? What do they eat? Because if plants eat light, essentially, they turn light into energy. Animals eat plants or they eat other animals. What do mushrooms eat? What do fungi eat? So mushrooms kind of do their
1: own thing, not necessarily their own thing, but like an animal, they're consumers. So they don't have the ability to photosynthesize, which is what plants can do. So instead in the lab, I grew them on agar plates, which are like plates full of uh, sugars. And I grew them with potato starch so that they could eat the starch from the potatoes. And they loved that. Um, Cool thing is lichen are technically fungi. However, lichen, that you see like growing on trees, it's that kind of like green or brown or gray stuff that's kind of crusty. That's actually a fungus that grows together with an algae. So they work together in symbiosis or biosymbiosis, another big science word for the episode. So they grow together. So the fungi pretty much creates the house and then the algae grows in the house and the algae can photosynthesize because it's like a plant or it is a plant. And then the fungus takes the energy from the algae And, in turn, provides a house for the algae. So, it's kind of a beautiful little symbiosis. They can eat a lot of stuff, too. Fungi. Because they can eat, like, plastics. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess they just... They eat a lot of different... They are more like animals than plants in that way, aren't they? They just eat a lot of different things. They
1: can also actually hunt down um, nematodes, which are, like, tiny worms that grow in the soil. There's a couple species that their mycelium grows out kind of like fingers and when they find a nematode they eat it so they wrap themselves around it and start to digest it so they can actually go hunting for animals as well which is kind of terrifying but super cool.
0: I didn't know that. That's so cool. So there could be a world where maybe a fungus just gets so big that it hunts people. Maybe... Out in space. Yeah, like, like that could be a really good premise for a movie. The next Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's just giant fungi. Kind of like jellyfish on land? That
1: would be very cool and very terrifying. <laughs> Another sci-fi concept having to do with mushrooms is actually cordyceps, um, which are the zombie brain-eating... I'm saying this all with quotations fungus that infect insects and then pretty much brain control them and turn them into zombies to do what the fungus wants to. So the fungus can parasitize the insect and make it climb up a leaf and do a bunch of uh, things until the insect dies. So that's another great Why? Premise. So... This is a great question. I also love these fungi. They're called cordyceps, and they're in planet Earth. So the fungus will, the spore, again, the seed, will enter the ant, like the ant will eat it, or it'll land on the ant. The ant will become infected, where the mycelium, or the microscopic fungi, starts to grow through the insect, like the ant and then take over its brain, make it climb up a big tree, or a twig, or a stick, or a blade of grass. And then the ant will do something called death grip, where using its two pincers, it'll bite into whatever it just climbed up and it'll hang out there until it dies. And then a fruiting body or a mushroom will emerge from the insect. And because the insect is so high up now, the spores can disperse a lot further. So it's kind of like getting up so that they can throw more seed confetti all over the ecosystem.
0: That's such a messed up way to do that. I feel like someone just like climb themselves or like get animals to like do it for them, but still be alive. Um, So that's just a really messed up way of surviving.
1: It's a really roundabout way to just keep going. But... This fungus actually evolved before mammals did. So this
0: fungi has been doing it for many, many days. (laughs) Many days. (laughs) Many millions of years. Probably hundreds of millions of years. Yeah. That's wild. Well, we're getting to the end of the episode now. I've learned a lot of very fun fungus related... Very fun things. Very fungus things, you could say. Um what is your favorite science thing that you've ever done whether it's related to mushrooms or not that is such
1: a good question there are so many cool science things but i think my favorite again kind of going back to oceanography uh going out and putting uh an rov in the ocean completely unrelated to fungi But going out in a boat and putting, sorry, an AUV in the ocean and just kind of, like, being on the ocean and in the environment and working to measure the ocean.
0: It was just a really nice day. I like being out. Yeah. It's all well, I mean, you just get to be, like, out in the water, go to the beach maybe, go in a boat.
1: Yeah. Just put on some sunscreen and just, like, hang out on a boat for a couple hours.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Mab. It was a great time. I learned a lot of things, lots of good mushroom puns. Um, Was there anything else that you wanted to say, any advice you wanted to give, anything like that? I think just
1: my favorite thing about mushroom science is how interconnected the ecosystems are and how much mushrooms contribute to that. And so it's really cool when you start to get down and dirty, like actually in the soil and in a forest close to mushrooms, you can really see how everything is connected in the little ecosystem to the mushrooms to the plants to the moss so next time you're out on a walk uh, keep an eye out
0: cool well, thank you so much and as always a big big thank you to everybody listening do you have a question that you'd like answered by an expert send us an email or a voice recording at what do scientists do at superstaff.ca For more science fun, you can also follow us on social media, at ScientistDupod, on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Bye for now! This show was made by Supernova at Dalhousie University, a network member of Actua. For more information on our summer camps, workshops, and more, visit supernova.dal.ca.